Okay, so if you want to get yourselves to Mark chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 35. Mark chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 35. We're going to look at a couple passages spanning from uh, the end of Mark 4 to the beginning of 5 chapter 20, or verse 20, um, but I'm going to start us by just reading Mark 4, 35 to 41, so if you join with me. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side, and leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for uh, the opportunity this morning to look at your word and to be challenged and encouraged by it. And uh, Lord, we do pray for this time that um, your word would speak, um, not the things that I've prepared or the thoughts that I have rattling around in my head, but God, uh, your spirit would challenge and encourage us, um, convict us, um, take us to uh, a stronger faith in who you are uh, and your presence in our lives. Lord, we give this time to you and pray you be honored in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, okay, so has anybody ridden a Wave Runner? Wave Runners? Yeah, one. Have you ever ridden a Wave Runner with somebody else? No? <laughs> yes, okay. I saw that way, yeah. Yes, okay. Um, so really cool. My birthday was last Monday, and Christy splurged. Thank you. Christy splurged on me. Yeah, belated. There we go. She splurged on me and got us a tour of uh, Clearwater Bay with Wave Runners. Okay, so we got to go out on Wave Runners or on a Wave Runner that is uh, together. And you know, she graciously let me drive uh, a majority of the time, which you know I enjoyed, which was fabulous. And you know, I'm following the tour guide, and he's you know pushing us up to 30 miles an hour and 45 miles an hour on the water, and just doing all these dips and dives and stuff, and our, you know, mission is to follow this guy. He said, listen, I'm, I'm going to put a wake behind me. As long as you stay in that wake, you're good, you know, so just stay in the wake, try and follow me. If I go back and forth, try and do the maneuver yourself and see, you know, if you can do whatever you want to do. You don't worry about falling off, all that stuff. So I'm just like, great, you know, I would pedal to the metal, follow him as fast as I can, going back and forth, and no problem, okay? So we get out to the spot where he's going to let us kind of free ride for a little bit. And I'm like, Christy, you want to, you know, you want to drive for a little bit. Um, I've got trust issues, I guess, <laughs> maybe. Because, I mean, I'm thinking, okay, this whole time, like, I don't hear, like, I'm like, are you good? Just, yeah, I'm good. Like, no, no struggle, no feeling of, like, this thing's going to fall over from her perspective behind me, you know, that the whole time. And then as soon as she's driving, man, she starts gunning it and turns one time. And I'm like ready to jump over her and take the controls uh, because I'm like, we're going to fall off. I'm going to die. You know, um, anyway, I got trust issues. Um, 
but it was a blast, and, and we had a good time. I settled down. I was like, all right, she rode with me for this long time. I, I'm good. She's good. We got this. I can, you know, no big deal. So it was good. Uh, the only time we actually fell off the Wave Runner uh, was when we, <laughs> we, like, get back on the Wave Runner to follow the guide back to where we were headed or whatever, and, um, and we were going, like, two miles an hour, okay, and, like, this little wave comes rushing in and tips us both. We go flying off the Wave Runner, and it was, like, a very humbling moment. Um, so, fun times in, in the boats, in the, in the Wave Runners, the very miniature boats. Um, today, we're talking about uh, trusting the Lord, uh, where He's got us, and so, you, you heard the story there, and we're going to walk through it kind of a verse at a time, but this is the familiar story of uh, Jesus taking the disciples across the Sea of Galilee in the midst of a storm, and what happens in the midst of that. And so, starting verse 35 and 36, on that day, so just after they had finished you know, preaching on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, you might remember he was giving the parables of uh, the sower and, and all these to the crowd that was so large that they kind of crowded him out onto a boat to preach from. Uh, so he's out there preaching. And after they're done with that, that evening, after being in, you know, ministering to people all day long, uh, they get in a boat and get on the water, right? And um, on the water, I think I've got something like, oh, <laughs> it's Miss Sandy's phone. <laughs> um, so they get out in the water, and it says this, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. So get this picture. Jesus gets in, he's in the boat with his disciples. It says that they, they take him with them. And among them are all sorts of other boats, too, that are following him over to the other side of the sea. So there's a big group of boats. And for what we understand, this kind of fishing boat is like 26 feet long by 7 feet wide, 4 and a half or so feet deep. So it's decent-sized boats, like from uh, this wall to like uh, where, the, where the wall is falling apart over there, maybe a little bit just past that. You know, it's a pretty good boat, you know, decent-sized sailing boat. Um, and all these boats are around with them, so other boats going with them in the midst of this. And verse 40, uh, 37 and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling with water. So this boat is now taking on water. Uh, water is coming into the boat because of the strength and size of this storm. And in the stern, it says this, verse 38, but he was in the stern uh, sleeping on a cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So in the middle of a storm that's about to take down this boat, Jesus is there asleep, just taking a nap. He's good to go. Totally comfortable with the sea. Um, verse 39, he goes on to say, And, and he awoke and rebuked the wind and, the, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. So Jesus is there chilling, just like sleeping, good to go. And the disciples are freaking out, which, you know, we're looking at that going like there's reason, you know, <laughs> like you're flooding the boat. This thing is going to go down. Um, and Jesus gets up and just so quickly, peace be still, the wind ceases and there's a great calm. And then he says to the disciples, uh, which we'll come back to this um, after I get through here, he said to them, verse 40, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? 
just sit with that for a second. Like if you were in a boat that's about to tip over with water and your leader is just like asleep on a cushion, you know, wouldn't you be, I mean, I'd be afraid. I mean, I was afraid about falling off a wave runner in the middle of, anyway. Okay, so this is a very hard word. Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And verse 41, and they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? It's a simple story. Um, we've all kind of heard it, seen it, and all that. But as we studied it on, on Thursday, a Bible study, just wrestled with kind of Jesus' interaction here. Okay? So let's just like take it, uh, take it a little bit at a time. Um, Jesus is there in the boat. So awesome. Like the Lord is with them in the midst of the storm. And we should cling to that truth, right? Like they're going across this, uh, this water. And in the midst of that, the teacher is not concerned. He knows they're going to get across the other side. In fact, they started out the, the, uh, the section saying, let us go over to the other side. Now, if Jesus, who's been in command the whole time of their following him, says, let's go to the other side, there's probably a pretty good chance, based on what they've seen so far, that if Jesus says that's what he wants to do next, that's going to happen, right? I mean, he's cleansed the leper, he's healed, uh, healed all these people and cast out these demons, and all this stuff has happened, you know, and so if Jesus says, hey, let's go over to the other side, you know, it's probably going to get there. And so he said this has happened, but in the midst of that, he is there in this storm with them. And while the storm is raging, he's at perfect peace, asleep. He knows he's going to get to the other side, right? He knows the destination, that he, that he has actually set the destination, and that he has the power to get them to the destination. It is going to happen, Right? So this storm comes through and, and uh, just wrecks this boat and bringing water onto it, so much so that the disciples are there now in fear. And I look at the situation and go, like, I understand why they'd be in fear. Like, I'd be freaking out, too, if the water was, you know, flooding my boat, you know? Um, and I'd be wondering, like, what are we going to do? Like, you know, how do we get out of this? And, and, you know, step back and look at the fact that these are, Men who've been trained on the sea, they're, you know, they're fishermen, they know how to manage boats, and so in the midst of this, they are freaked out. So that's how big the storm is, big enough to freak out the fishermen, right? So Jesus gets up, rebukes the wind, says to the sea, peace be still, and immediately there's this calm. And what I find so challenging about this passage is that Jesus then turns to them and says, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Like, as if they just should have known, you know, like you guys, like you should have known that I had you this whole time. Um, so, you know, we look at this storm and we think, okay, like, what is God trying to tell us? Or really, what is Mark trying to tell the people of Rome about Jesus, right? He's, he is persuading the people of Rome. Just step back to the book itself, right? Mark has written this letter, the Gospel of Mark to the people that are living in Rome, to encourage them as they are persecuted under the Roman Empire for their faith in Jesus. That's the context, right? And so the things he's trying to communicate to them, that he has heard firsthand from Jesus in his teaching and in his life, he is putting together, you know, persuasively and in order to display to them the power and majesty of Christ. And I think in this passage and the next one, he is putting on display for us two storms that he is able 
to calm. The first is one of this natural phenomenon, this weather storm that has come about, right? And I just described this storm as life, you know? Just simply that, life. You guys all know this, right? You've been through life. Anyone been, been, been through life? Anyone know what life's like? Yeah, we all know what life's like, okay? It's not just a calm breeze across the, uh, you know, across the Sea of Galilee with no wind and waves and storms, right? We know that storms come in our life, that there are ups and downs and all sorts of challenges that come. And so I think Mark is getting to us this fact that, that just in nature alone, just in living alone, outside of what we're going to get into next, which is demonic and sin, uh, like this nature result is happening to us around, right? We've got volcanoes blasting up. We've got hurricanes coming through. We've got all this stuff alive. We've got difficulty, uh, you know, with relationships. We've got, like, we got work problems. We've got all kinds of just life, right? Life is happening. And not necessarily like pointing any, you know, any fault in anybody in, in any of that, just life. It just is life. You know, you can't even point, put a finger on, oh, well, this is to blame on this. And if you start doing that, it gets kind of weird, right? Like you're like, okay, because they did that and they did that and they did that, that's why I got this, you know? It's like, it's like, you know, following, you know, COVID or following like a, a cough around, you're like, okay, where did I get it from? Because I was next to that person and I was next to that person and I was next to that. You're like tracing this thing back to the root cause. Like, it's just life, man. It's broken, Okay, and Mark is saying to the people, yes, I know it's broken, and I know it's, sometimes it's a very heavy storm, one so big that you feel like it's going to crush down on you, but guess what? I'm here with you. The Lord is right there. He's in the boat, and he, he actually is sleeping. <laughs> what? You know, he knows the destination for his disciples. He knows where they're headed. Um... I feel this uh, quite a bit personally uh, because I've signed up for a lot of life. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows that I signed up for a lot of life. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to be like uh, braggy about that. Some of that's probably not good, uh, not healthy. Try to push the boundaries of how much life I should sign up for. Uh, but like right now, this season of life is crazy, right? And you know, we've got uh, a business we're running, uh, a job uh, that I that I work, and then leading the church, and four kids, and, you know, a beautiful wife, and, like, all these kind of things that are going on, and so when, I, when someone comes to ask me, you know, like, meet him first first time, like, what do you do? I'm like, where do I start? You know, like, okay, I'm this, 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 and this, and blah, you know, and there's a lot, okay? There's a lot, and, and there are, honestly, and just transparently, there are a lot of times where I get overwhelmed by that so much and get discouraged about how's this all going to work out and go to the right place, you know, I do struggle with that. But recently, in the past you know, few years, really, um, I've had a tremendous amount of peace in the midst of what I think people looking on the outside would be like, there's a lot of storm going on over there. Like, what is, pff, I don't know what's happening over there. But God has given me a ton of peace in that. And this is what it's been from. I just testify to this, okay? I've seen God bring me one little step at a time, one little step at a time, one little step at a time. And when I've gotten to a place where I'm like, I'm uncertain about what's going to happen next, I have like this strong faith now because I've seen God. I've seen him do what I thought couldn't be done. And so when I'm at this place going, how is that going to get done? I'm saying, well, he did that, so I guess he's going to do that too. You know? 
Um, you know, he's, he's worked that out in his perfect timing, so I guess, like, he's going to keep doing that for me. And I guess he's going to keep doing that for, for those that are looking for his purposes and his plan. And so this storm is it's just life, man. Like, it's just what God has called you to and what he's called you to do. Okay, and it doesn't come without tension and friction and brokenness. And that's what this storm is about. But you have to know this, that God is with you on this journey. And look at these disciples. He knew exactly where he was taking these disciples, over across the sea to Gennarat, uh, the, the region of uh, Gennarasat. I can't, I can't even pronounce this title. Um, and so he knows where he's taking them. And the same is true for us. The Lord is present in the storms of our lives. He's present there. He's there trying to teach us and form us into the people that he wants us to be, trying to build up our trust in him as the God and creator of this world. He's present in the storm, and, and second, he has authority over the storm. He's above the storm of life. He is the, he is the one that can calm it with a word. He is certain of where he's taking his children. Listen, I know that, uh, that that storm can get overwhelming. And overwhelming to the point that like, it paralyzes you and freaks you out. It puts you in some sort of panic, right? It happens all the time. And, I, and I've been through a season of that myself too, where there was a point where I was like at a stoplight wondering, am I going to be able to push the gas pedal on this car to take my family home? Because I'm having like a panic right now over like, is the next whatever minute of life going to happen? Or am I just going to pass out? You know, and I've been in those moments. And what I've learned is to just continue to press into God has brought me this far. If he wants to take me out now, praise God. Okay? Like Paul says it this way to live is Christ and to die is gain. Okay? When you know that the Lord has you and has the destination of your life eternally, okay, everything temporary-wise that you walk through, he has as well. And so you can stand with the words of Paul as he reflects on that from a prison cell, you know, and says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. What does he mean by that? If I live, then Christ has a purpose that he wants me to continue in. And sometimes I'm very, like, persuaded that he's going to keep me living because I see the purpose he's got for me. Sometimes I don't see that purpose very well, and I have to reflect on the fact, well, man, if I die, I'm with Jesus in heaven. This is great, you know, as a follower of Jesus. And so it gives us that confidence that the Lord is certain about where he is taking us. He has authority over the storms and trials that we are walking through, and he gives peace to his kids. And I'm not saying it's as simple as just reading a verse and then just moving on, but rather reading a verse and meditating on it and dwelling on it and recognizing what God has done in the past and really spending some time with it to understand God's character and know him. 2 Thessalonians 3:16 says this of the Lord, "Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times." And in every way, the Lord be with you all. Colossians 3, 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And this one, very familiar as well on, on the matter of peace. Philippians 4, 6-7. Do not be anxious about anything. Thanks, Paul. Uh, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. What? Right? 
with thanksgiving? You're going to look at this storm and go, God, thank you for this huge storm that makes me as a fisherman feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> you know? Uh, thank you, Lord, as a human that's been walking through a lot of life, look at this storm and think I'm going to die. He says, no. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's not some magical phrase, all right? Like, guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Okay, what is it to be in Christ Jesus? It's to take on the nature of one who came down to earth and gave his life to die on a cross for us, Okay. If you're going to be encouraged and your heart's guarded in the, in the uh, your mind guarded in Christ Jesus, it's guarded with that fact that he has a purpose for you and for the life he's given you and is one of giving up yourself and your passions and your desires and your concerns and your fears and your anxieties to him. And say, Lord, in this difficult moment, use me. That's what Paul was saying when he said to live as Christ, to die as gain. He said, I trust Jesus has a purpose for me, and so as long as I'm alive, Christ be shown in me. And if I die, then Christ is a gain to me. This is life. This is the storm of life, and Jesus has authority over it. He's walking in it with you. He might look like he's asleep sometimes. I mean, you feel that too, right? You're like, Lord, where are you? He's like, he's like, I got this. I'm sleeping. Chill, you know? And I think it's a grace to these disciples in this moment that he stood up and like, all right, all right, calm it down. We're good. Like, why aren't you guys in faith that I'm going to get you across this thing? Like, did you not get it, right? I'm God. I don't know if you guys caught that, but, but I am divine and in control of this. Did you not have faith that we would make it across this safely? It reminded me of the word that the Lord gave to Paul. Paul was uh, being taken to Rome for, uh, for trial, and he's on a boat, and the Lord actually speaks to Paul and says, uh, you're going to make it, and you're going to make it alive, but uh, because these sailors decided to take this route, a risky route, uh, you know, you're going to go through this storm. And so this storm is going, and they're throwing stuff off the boat, and they're trying to keep the boat afloat while Paul, this prisoner, is on board. And finally, as they're at their wits' end about them throw themselves overboard, he says, men, it's, you're, you've chosen, you didn't listen to me. I told you you shouldn't do this, okay? But I do want to give you a promise that God gave me. We're going to make it to where we're going, and no one's going to be harmed. God told me that, okay? And so the same thing here. Jesus says, we're going to go to the other side. Well, you just believe his words, because everything he has said is true. If he says we're going over to the other side, you're going to make it to the other side despite whatever you go through. And so it's a grace from the Lord that he stood up, woke up, and said, yeah, peace, be still. Okay, stop, winds. It's, I'm like, I got to go take my nap. Okay, I got to really gotta get some sleep. <laughs> um, and then to rebuke them and say, Have, were, why were you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Is just like, again, the most challenging part of this passage to me. Because I feel like I'd be just like the disciples, freaking out at this thing. But what I ought to be is... Uh, understand and look back at my life and go, okay, God, you've had it the whole time, and you've got it now, and so I trust you in the future. I don't have to understand how we're going to get across the Sea of Galilee. I just have to know that you're taking me there, and you're with me, and you're above the storm, and you're going to walk me through the storm.
Okay, this is the storm of life. He has authority over it, he's present in it, and he's certain of the outcome uh, of where his disciples are headed. The second storm, and I, I'm not going to read through this whole uh, passage, uh, verses 1 to 20, um, but it's, it may be a familiar story to you, and I encourage you, we studied it in, uh, on uh, at community groups this week, chapter 5, verse 1 to 20, and it's the story of the uh, man who was uh, demon-possessed on the other side of the sea, and he had this unclean spirit. So many, actually, 2,000, we think, because when he cast out the demons from this man, they went into a, a flood of pigs who were taken down and cast over the side of the, uh, of the cliff, and there were 2,000 of them, it says. Um, and so there's this, there's this uh, you know, once they get over to the other side of the sea, they reach the other side, and immediately as they get there, this man with an unclean spirit approaches them. He apparently had lived in the tombs there on the other side of the sea. This is why they were going to the other side of the sea, right? To meet this guy, pretty much. It's like all they do over there. Um, he had often been bound, but he was breaking the shackles, the metal shackles that he was bound with. And night and day among tombs and on the mountains, he cried out and cut himself with stones, it says in verse 5. Um, and when he saw Jesus, he runs out toward the boat and falls down before uh, before him and says to him, what do you have to do with me, Jesus, the Son of God? Jesus, the Son of the Most High. He says, I adjure you not to torment me, because Jesus was saying as he came toward him, come out of that man, you unclean spirit. So they're having this interaction, and Jesus says, cast out this, uh, this uh, demon from, uh, from uh, the man that's come forward. And he says, what is your name? Verse 9. And he says, my name is Legion, for we are many. And in verse 10, he, it's, it's this crazy kind of begging. You'll see it as you read it. But in verse 10, he says, he, that is the man, begged Jesus not to send them out of the country. So he says, please don't send these demons out of the country. He's like, wants them to stick around a little bit close, you know? Um, and so the great herd of pigs was on the hillside, and they, they now, not he, not the man, but the demons now are speaking, they begged Jesus to send us into the pigs and let us enter them. Okay, so they, and he says, he did, he did that. And the pigs are possessed by these 2,000 demons and go and are drowned in the sea. So the herdsmen of the pigs, you know, that owned them, are looking on going, uh, that's a problem. Like, that's 2,000 pigs we were going to eat off of for a while. So they go to the city and call people out and, and show them what had happened. And now they are begging Jesus, the word is throughout this, begging him to leave and to get out of here. And now the man who once hosted these 2,000 demons is begging Jesus, verse 18, the man now begs Jesus to go with him and leave. And you'd think, like, that'd be a good thing, right, for him to go with Jesus and continue to get, like, encouraged and built up by, by someone who just cast out the demon from him, right? But Jesus says, no, uh, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and the mercy he has poured out on you. And he does. And you might be shocked to know that they marvel at the fact that this man is standing there in right mind speaking to the people of his city and going, yeah, like, the, the, you know, you, I was crying out in the mountains and cutting myself, and you guys know that like I was breaking shackles and could not be held down, 
but I am of sound mind, and this is not of anything I've done, but the Lord cast out that which was on me. Jesus has authority over this as well, and you know, just as he had authority over the storm of the just life, of living life, okay? He also has authority over sin and over evil and over brokenness. Okay, we, don't, we aren't given the story of the man that was possessed. We don't know his background. We don't know, like, what he went through, what his upbringing was. We don't know anything about it. We just know that he was possessed by, you know, legion of demons, okay? And so we have to take from this that there is, not just is there just life, Okay, this category of just life that's a storm. But there's also this category of spiritual war that is happening, too. Okay? So there's life, which is a storm that, that God has authority over and control over, and he's with you in. And guess what? There's also this other realm of spiritual war that's going on, too. And there's all sorts of dynamics to that. right? And so there's, uh, you go to uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 12, and you say th- see this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities and cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. There's this spiritual fight that is going on. And there's two categories to this, okay? There's a category of Satan scheming to attack, and there's a category of us inviting Satan into our lives. Inviting him to participate in what we're doing in life. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse 25 to 27. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. He's talking to a church here in, in Ephesus. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity for the devil. Saying when you allow this sin and brokenness to fester and stay in your life, and you don't deal with sin and brokenness in your life, you give an opportunity for the devil to create division and destroy things that are good. Okay, so there's two dynamics in the spiritual realm that are happening. You know, we don't know how much this man in our story opened himself up to things, and how much is just Satan attacking someone who is uh, who is uh, there vulnerable. But these two things are happening all the time. And so as, as believers, as Christians, we need to look at this and go, okay, if I give the devil a foothold, then I've got some spiritual attack that is available to me. And so am I one that is afraid of the storms and letting fear guard my life rather than faith in what Christ has done for me? Am I in that boat in a, in a matter of fear, just as a, as a trained fisherman going, there's no way out, there's no hope, and I can't see where I'm going, and we're never going to get there. I'm going to allow that to be now turned from just a simple uh, uh, challenge of life to a spiritual battle that is within me where I do not even trust the Lord that I have just trusted, right? As a Christian, we, we have to recognize those places where we're letting our fears of what is in the world be heavier than our faith in what God wants to do through us and with us in this life. And what we recognize in both of these storms and what Mark wants to get across is that in the realm of just life, in the storms of life, 
Jesus is in full authority. And, and in the realm of the spiritual as well, Jesus is in full authority. Okay, this man runs down to the feet of Jesus and says, what do you have to do with me, son of the most high God? He recognizes in the spirit that this is the most high God. That Jesus is. And he begs to be taken out. And Jesus uh, says to him, listen, what is done to you, go and tell to this place. I imagine this story going like, you know, okay, Jesus came over there maybe to preach. Maybe he came over there to preach and share the gospel with that region or whatever. And literally he's there for like one interaction, right? And so now, like what would happen if he took this man with him? <laughs> no one would hear the testimony of Jesus there because they sent him away because of, you know, some pigs that died, right? It's like no little thing. That's a lot of people or a lot of, a lot of food. But, um, but still, like God's purpose, Jesus' purpose in going across the sea is to, what? Preach the gospel. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe. And so now this guy who wants to come with him back to the other side, he said, no, 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 no. Now you're my missionary. Now I'm going to send you back to where I was going and say, you tell them now what has happened. You tell them. What a beautiful picture. Someone who is totally cast out from the society going to the society and saying, look what Christ has done to me. He has changed my life. He has made me new. So the question and challenge to us as a wrap up is this. Who's in your boat? Who's in your boat? Is Jesus in your boat? Because he knows where he's going. And we might not know. We don't know a lot of the time. We don't know the next step. We're not sure of the next step. We think, okay, maybe I take this, and we take it timidly and all this. You know, we take the next step timidly without knowing all of what that might entail. We don't know. We take a lot of steps by faith. Okay? But God is big. He can handle even our mistakes in this, okay? So our challenge is to know who's in our boat. Christ is in the boat. He knows where they're headed. He knows what's going on. Help us be, Lord, people of faith that look back at what you have done in our lives and say, God, you're faithful. I mean, look at what you did this week and that week and that week and that year and that month and that month, over and over and over again. Say, God, you are faithful. You have been faithful. And so you're faithful today. You'll be faithful tomorrow. And trust him with every single step, knowing that if you're a follower of Jesus, he is in your boat. He's going to take you to the other side. And if you don't know Jesus, get him in your boat, okay? We've seen it testified throughout Mark that he is saying, I am God. I am the one true God. I am the one that can forgive sins. I am the one that can cleanse the leper. I am the one that can cast out the demon. I am the one that can sit upon the waters and speak the word of the Lord. I am the one that cast out the seed of the gospel. And his message to us is that I am the representative of the holy God. I am the son of God. And the call to us as people on this earth, day after day after day, is to repent and believe. To recognize that there is no way I can stack up enough good deeds to be perfect like our God in heaven is. And so, as a result of that, the only way I can be restored to the God, God, our, our God and Father in heaven is by the sacrifice of Christ Jesus, the Son. Christ Jesus, who is willing to walk through every storm with us, calm every storm with us, and give us the faith to step forward in every single day. 
Who's in your boat? Is Jesus in your boat? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for uh, the opportunity to look at your word, to be challenged, encouraged by it, strengthened by the truth of the gospel. God, we pray that you would teach us more about who you are. Help us to trust you this day. God, whatever is going on in our life, God, I pray that we would continue to pour it out to you and ask for your hand of mercy to work in our lives, to show us the next step, to encourage us uh, to, to hold firm. Lord, we thank you that even sometimes you don't, you don't calm the storm. That was just a grace to these disciples that you did that. Sometimes the storm keeps raging, but God, help us have faith. Help us have faith that you are in the boat with us. You are not concerned. You know where it's headed. And God, help us also know that you are over all spiritual attack. When we're afraid and confusion is reigning inside of us, you're not a God of confusion. You're a God of order. And you've sent your son, Jesus, to give us a peace that transcends all understanding. Lord, help us not to take that as just a, uh, a pithy statement, but help us to meditate on it. Help us to sit with this concept and idea that even while, while Paul is in prison, he can say to live as Christ and to die as gain. And do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication. Present our request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Help us to meditate on that truth and sit with it and know you are the God, Jesus, that is in our boat. You are with us, and you bring peace. We thank you that you have given us your presence as a precious gift by the blood of Jesus. Help us to allow his presence to guard our hearts in every moment we face. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.